Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Matthew this morning just for just a few minutes to challenge you, I hope, in missions. Uh, Matthew chapter number 16 and verse 24 and 25, very familiar scripture uh, about missions. Thanks again for letting us come and, and uh, joy to meet you. And as we leave here, we'll be thinking of you and praying for you in our journeys. And we just look forward to hearing great reports of what God's doing here at Faith Assembly. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 and 25, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whosoever loses their life for me will find it. I just want to challenge you for a few minutes this morning on risking everything for God. Risking everything for God. You know, church, we live in a high-risk generation. We live in a generation where everyone's taking all kinds of risk. Uh, If you look in the sports world, you see people, man, skiing and doing crazy jumps and doing crazy things on motorcycles and bicycles and skateboards. I mean, they're willing to risk everything to become the best at what they're doing. We have people in the stock market who are risking every day with their finances to try to make more money and uh, uh, risking in that way. We have people risking in a lot of foolish ways. I I saw a YouTube uh, clip here a while back. Some young teenagers in the evenings would go out to a certain place in their city Uh, like a flat stretch of land, and cars would be coming at them 60 miles an hour, and these young people standing in the road, and just as the car comes, they jump and try to jump over the car. I mean, risking their life for foolish things. Today, my challenge to us, if people in our world are going to risk for all those kind of things, I believe God's calling us to find people in the kingdom of God that's willing to risk their life for His purpose and his plan for the kingdom of God. Uh, why is it that when pastor would get up and say, listen, guys, next week we're going to go to this mountain close here, and we're going to climb this risky mountain, and, and we want to know if you're willing to go with us. And people will come and sign up. Or if we're going to go skydiving out of this plane next week, come, pay $25 down, and, and you can come and jump out of an airplane. I mean, people line up to take risks like that. They're courageous when it comes to Foolish things, bungee jumping off of bridges and buildings and foolish things like that. But when God begins to speak to our hearts about maybe using that same courageous spirit to follow him and say yes to his call, oftentimes we begin to back off and say, God, I'm not willing to risk it all for you like I am willing to risk it for my life and the pleasures of this world. The Bible's full of risk takers. Many examples of men and women who took risks based on the promises of God made huge differences in their world. Esther, she risked her life by speaking to the king to save her own people. Daniel took a risk and spent the night in the lion's den because he was not willing to compromise his values. The three Hebrew boys, uh, they risked their lives by not bowing to the king's music. 
and were cast into a fiery furnace. David risked his life when he came against Goliath with only a pocket full of stones. Jesus took a huge risk by dying on the cross for all of us. I mean, it's wonderful. These people made a difference in their generation because they were willing to risk it all for Jesus Christ and for the cause of God. I believe God's looking for risk takers in this 21st century. People are willing to answer the call of God and say, God, I'm willing to take a risk for you. In our text today, Jesus is calling us to a radical faith, a risk it all and come and follow me type mentality. That's what he's asking us all to do. This morning, I just want to share with you three quick things. I think sometimes it keeps us from following Christ and taking a risk for him. The very first thing I want to share with you is our reputation. Oftentimes, people will not risk their lives for God because they want to guard their reputation. But our text today says, if you're going to be my disciple, one of the first things you have to do is deny what? You've got to deny yourself. You've got to be willing to put yourself down. You've got to be willing to risk even your own reputation if you're going to be a follower of Christ. Uh, for us to be able to follow Christ, we're going to have to take a great risk. And one of the most difficult risks to take is us risking our reputation. Faith is the willingness to take a risk even when it looks foolish in the eyes of the world. People will always laugh and mock and scorn people who are willing to take risks. Look at a few this morning. Noah, didn't he look foolish building a boat in the middle of a desert? Yeah, he looked foolish. The Israelites looked foolish walking around the walls of Jericho for seven days just walking around the walls of Jericho. David looked foolish charging Goliath with only a slingshot. The Magi looked foolish following a star for thousands of miles, following trying to find the Messiah. Peter looked foolish getting out of the boat in the middle of the sea, and Jesus looked foolish wearing a crown of thorns. But all the results speak for themselves. Noah, because he looked foolish in the eyes of the world, he saved himself and his family from destruction. The walls of Jericho came tumbling down because the Israelites walked around those walls. David defeated Goliath. The Magi discovered the Messiah. Peter walked on water, and Jesus Christ was crowned the King of kings and Lord of all lords, all because they were willing to take a risk in their life. In 1992, my wife and I planted a church in Springfield, Missouri. Started with just a handful of people, probably about six people, including our family. It was just a few of us. And we just felt God had called us to plant this church. And we were reaching some really rough people in our part of the city, uh, alcoholics and drug addicts and prostitutes, and just broken homes and a lot of broken people. And uh, I grew up in church. My wife grew up in church. And so we knew how church should function. We knew how you should act, what you should look like. You know how you're supposed to give and cooperate in church. And so we wanted our church to be like that. We wanted to have pastor the perfect church. You know, every pastor wants their church to be perfect. And so, you know, we was trying to get everybody to do the right things. And, you know, that's my first church pastoring. I wanted everything to be good. And when we had guests come, uh, you know, I had all these folks that were coming to our church that were broken in their lives. Many of them had never been to church. In church, they didn't know how to act in service. We would have people back over here yelling at people over here. Hey, man, what's going on? You know, and talking in church. And we're trying to lead the service and worship's going on. And, you know, people's walking around. Their children never been disciplined in church. So they're running around. And it just seemed like the church was in chaos. 
we'd have guests come, you know, who were people who had been in church their whole life, and, you know, we were friends of ours, and, you know, family members that were all really looking like church people, and, and they walked in there, and our church is like, oh, my Lord. And the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and my wife both and began to say, this isn't your church. This is my church. This is who I came to save. These are the type of people I came to love. This is, the, this is why I came to the earth, is to save the broken and the bruised and the hurting. And the Holy Spirit really began to work on our reputation. See, we were trying to guard our reputation. We wanted people to look at us and say, hey, they got it all together. But Christ was wanting us to look at the world that was hurting and broken and lost. And from that illustration, God began to work on our heart toward people that were suffering and, and lonely. And I believe today we work with a marginalized people group because he taught us something years ago about loving people who are broken and hurting and marginalized people. Hey Amen. Listen, it's not about us, brothers and sisters. It's about his kingdom. And you've got to learn to deny your reputation. You've got to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ because it's all about him and his kingdom. The second thing I think sometimes that keeps us from following Christ and taking a risk is what I call fear. Fear keeps us from following Christ and risking it all for him. This is what the Bible says. Take up your cross and what? Follow me. Follow me. Yeah, oftentimes fear is one of the greatest weapons that Satan uses to keep people from pursuing their dreams and the calling from God. Fear will paralyze us. It restricts us. It prohibits us from doing all the things that God wants us to do. Can I tell you this morning, if God is speaking to you about taking a risk, you will make mistakes. Anytime we take a risk, sometimes we will, we will do things wrong or we'll make the wrong decisions or we'll make mistakes in our life, but don't allow that fear to keep you from taking that first step. When Darlene and I were, we were in our four, early 40s when God began to speak to us about missions. And here we were older and our children had five children, we're older children. And then we're, God's speaking to us about going to another country. And I came to the door, I knew he'd spoken to me, but for me to step through that door and say, yes, Lord, I will go. I mean, fear had gripped my heart. What if you make the wrong decision? What if you lose your children in the process of missions? What, what, what if you get over there and it's not what you're supposed to be doing and you've, you've lost all this? But if you don't take that first step, you will never know the power of God and faith and what it's all about. And once we took that step, doors opened to us like we never dreamed possible. I'm just a hillbilly. I'm from southern Missouri. And you may be able to tell by my voice that I, my accent is is that I never dreamed I'd be in Europe being a missionary to people. But that's the kind of God we serve, that if you're willing to say yes to him and take a risk, God will do great things that are above and beyond what you'd ever imagine in your life and your heart. <clears throat> Jesus tells us a story of a merchant who left his treasures with his servants, and he asked them to take those treasures and invest them for him while he was away on a journey. And so he comes to these three servants and said, to you, I'm going to give five talents. To you, I'm going to give three. And to you, I'm going to give this one talent. Take what I have, invest them for me, and I'm going to go away on a journey, and I'll come back and ask you to be accountable for what I've given you. So the Bible tells us that the, gentle, the, uh, the landowner 
gave the talents away. He left on a journey. He was gone for some time. We don't know where he went, but he was gone for some time. And then he returns back to his place. And he calls his servants together, and he calls them up, and he says, gentlemen, it's good to see you all again. I've been on my journey. Uh, it was good being away, but I've come back. And before I left, you know, I met with you, and I told you that I, I want you to take some of my things and invest them for me. Do something with them. And to you, sir, I gave five. And to you, ma'am, I gave three. And to you, ma'am, I gave one. Now, I'm asking you to be accountable for the things that I've given you. And so to the man he gave five to, he said, sir, what did you do with those five? And he said, sir, I took those five and I invested them and I gained five more. And the landowner said, sir, well done now, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Then he comes to his servant that he gave two talents to and said, what did you do with those two talents I've given you? And she says, sir, I took those two, and I invested them, and I gained two more. And he was so thrilled and said, thank you for your work, and thank you for taking a risk for me. Thank you for giving your effort and gaining two more. Enter into the joys of the Lord. Then he comes to the one he gave one to. And he said, what, what did you do, ma'am, with the talent that I gave you? This one talent I asked you to take and invest for me. What did you do with that talent? And she ducks her head and says, Sir, I, I buried my talent because I was afraid. And the landowner said, It's okay. Is that what he said? It's okay. You know, we all, we all sometimes don't use the right judgment. We maybe don't do things like we should. And it's all right. Maybe next time you can do better. That's not what he said. He was angry with this person. And he said, I want you to take the one talent from her and give it to him that has five. And I want you to bend on this person and cast him into outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That seems awful critical. That seems awful judgmental for just a mistake. But I want you to know what was the thing that kept her from investing and risking. It was fear. Fear kept her from performing the act that the master had asked her to do. And it provoked even the judgment of God upon the life of that servant. Brothers and sisters, fear is a crippling thing. Don't allow it to keep you from risking your all to follow Jesus Christ. That brings us to the last point I want to share with you this morning. The last thing sometimes that keeps us from risking it all is what I call the, the rewards factor. The rewards factor. The Bible says if you lose your life, you'll find it. If you lose your life, you'll find it. One of the final things, as I said, I want to share with you is this rewards mentality. Many times people will not take a risk for God because they already want to know what the end's going to be. They're never going to start unless they know what they're going to get at the end. You cannot do that in the kingdom of God. It's about jumping all in or not jumping at all. Yeah, you cannot wait for the rewards up front. You have to walk by faith. You have to trust God by taking a step of faith for him. Peter said this once to Jesus. We have left everything to follow you. What will there be in it for us? That's a legitimate question, friend. That's, that's, that's completely human for us. 
if I take this step for God, if I say, yes, God, I'm willing to risk my all for you, what's it going to be, Lord? What am I going to receive out of that? That's a legitimate question. But you cannot allow that to be the factor that determines whether you go or not. You've got to walk by faith. My wife and I, as I said, we went to missions. We landed on the ground at 45 years of age. That's a little bit older to be a missionary than most missionaries. They usually go when they're younger. But we went at that age. We met with all of our children. We had two that were in college at the time in school. We took three with us for our first term. And we met with all of our children together and said, God's calling us to be missionaries. And we want to talk about it as a family. It means we're not going to be here for you at graduations. We're not going to be here for special times of birthdays. We're not going to be able to celebrate special times in your life because we'll just not be able to come back. Are you okay with that? As a family, are we going to be able to manage? We love one another. We love you as a family, and we wouldn't want to do anything to destroy, but this is what God's calling us to do, and we want your input because this is so important to us as a family. Listen, we've not known what's going to happen from year to year, but we all considered together that if this is what God's calling us to do, this is what we need to do, and that's when you have to just step out and risk it all for him. You know what Jesus says? That if you're willing to give your life, if you're willing to lose it, that's when you really find your life. If you're willing to give it all up and risk it all, that's when joy and contentment really comes into your being, into your life. That's what he's telling us. That if you're willing to lose it all, that's when you really find life in your heart and life. Laura Waite was a young lady that felt the call of missions to go to Africa just a young girl, unmarried, uh, began to feel this call. And so she obeyed the call and went to Africa to work way out into the bush area, kind of completely away from other people, maybe a few other missionaries from other organizations that they, they intermingled together. But Laura had just given her life to Christ, willing to lose her life for God. She was there for seven years, shared the gospel, preached to people, opened her home, loved broken children, abandoned children. She would take in and nurse them with just a glove, and, and they were abandoned. She brought them in and loved, loved and nurtured them. But for seven years she worked as a missionary, did not see one convert in seven years. She came home to itinerate like we are going from church to church. She was so ashamed, Pastor, she didn't even want to go to some churches because she could not get up and say to anyone that I've actually won people to Jesus Christ. She was so ashamed. Her head was down. She was, she was disgusted that, Lord, I've served you for seven years, but I have no results. So discouraged even to the point that she was reluctant to even go back to the field. But there were some people who encouraged her and lifted her up in prayer and, and prayed, continued to pray for her. And when she had done her itineration, she was, went ahead and made the decision to go back to Africa. She was only there a couple months. And an incident happened one night in her hut where a man came in to try to attack her. And he was going to kill her. And he pulled a knife to kill her that night. And the Holy Spirit smote him in her shack and fell to the ground. And there he gave his life to Jesus Christ. 
And from that incident, revival began to spread through her village. And in just a month's time, she was baptizing 50, 70 people. God began to bring revival, all because one person was willing to say, I'm willing to lose it all to find you, Lord. And if God's speaking to you this morning about risking your life for him, it don't have to be across the seas. It can be across the street. It could be around the corner. It don't have to be around the world. Just whatever God's asking you to take a risk for him in, take that risk. Don't let your reputation keep you back. Don't let fear keep you back. And don't let the rewards be a part of that. If you're willing to give it all for God, God will always pay you above and beyond what you could ever dream or imagine. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for calling us all to come follow you. Help us, Lord, to live that call to its full potential. Whatever you're speaking to us about this morning, Lord, whatever you're calling us to do, we pray that we would say yes to you, that we would, Lord, be your servants, that we would be willing to say yes. God, I know that we all are concerned about ourselves, but let not ourselves be in the way of your plan. Let us be out of the way that you can do what you want to. Let our reputations be put on the line and let Christ be preeminent in our life. Lord, fear is such a stricken thing. It's a paralyzing thing in our lives. But Lord, you command us in your word that if we take up our cross, we're to follow you. And if we're following you, we don't have to fear because you're always a step ahead of us. You're always working, Lord, in things that we don't even see that's ahead of us. You've just commanded us to follow you. You'll lead the way in our lives. Lord, and as we calculate, if we start calculating the pain and all the hurting and all the things that we may go through, it, it will be so easy for us to say no to your call. But let us put all the results, all the rewards in your hands. Let's just give our life to you because you said that when we give you our life, that's when we really start living. I pray for this church. I pray for this uh, fellowship of people. God, that in the midst of these folks, you'll raise up people who will be your servants to, to bear your light, to be salt in their community. Lord, in this church, can you continue to grow and people be drawn to the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Chris is going to sing a song as she does. Just prepare your offering today, and we'll, we'll receive that in just a few minutes.
Thank you, John. Thank you, Darlena. Makes me want to go back to Slovakia. <laughs> See those pictures? It's a special, special place, special people there. That I know left a left an imprint on our hearts as we walk there. So if our ushers would come forward, let's let's receive an offering for this couple for their ministry. Let's get them back to Slovakia. Amen. Let's get them. Can we send them home today? Let's let's help. Let's help send them. Send them home. If you want to give personally, if you want to give on a monthly basis, you know they have information. You can pick up one of their uh, cards out out there. And missionaries need monthly support. If you want to sponsor kids on youth camps, talk to them. I could do that. If you want to help, maybe funds for them building a, a camp facility and. Just speak to them. So, Lord Jesus, we thank you. Bless this offering. Bless John and Darlena. We thank you for the call that you have on their life, for the Roma people, Lord Jesus, the people in Slovakia. And we pray that you'd bless these loaves and fishes today. Multitudes, Jesus, that there would be 12 baskets of leftovers. But we pray for John and Darlene and their family. Bless them. Watch over them. Sustain them through the hard times. Encourage them through the difficult times. And help them to rejoice in the good times. May they see much fruit from their efforts and their labors. And we'll be the ones to be careful to give you all the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed as you give today. Thank you for coming this morning. And thank you, John and Darlene, for coming and sharing with us. And they'll be in the back if you have any questions or you want to pick up one of their prayer cards, do that. And uh, if you have a question for them or want to help partner with them, please, please see them this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and let's just close in a, a word of prayer this morning. Jesus, we thank you for this church, for your people. Bless this church. Bless your people. Help us to be missionaries out in the community, at our work, in our schools, in our families in our neighborhoods, sharing the love and truth of Jesus to those that we meet. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great rest of your Sunday.